And we're back with vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, I wanted to talk to you about uh, some experts who are out saying that uh, masking is still key in our fight against COVID-19 and stopping uh, spread. And this despite uh, high vaccination rates. I mean, we're roughly around, I think, 80 percent of the population having at least uh, one shot, the uh, first jab. How much uh, longer will we still need to face mask, uh, do you think? And I know the Ontario government, uh, since we last spoke, they announced back on a Friday they're hoping to lift all public health measures by the end of March, including uh, masking requirements. You know, if if COVID-19 has taught anything, it's that we we really don't know for sure. That's number one, humble. Number two is whatever you do, take it slow and easy. In other words, lift one restriction, do nothing else, see the effect of that before lifting other restrictions. So what happens when Alberta suddenly flings the door open and says, everybody take off the mask, everybody open the doors, everybody do the gatherings and forget the mitigation? The numbers crazily go up. And that's precisely what we don't want to have to happen here. So it, it, this, is, this is the world's lesson, never mind Alberta's lesson. Take it slow. So the masks are probably the very last thing to go. You want to increase the number of people indoors, as Ontario now has? Well, that's fine. But don't do the other stuff. Make sure that everything else stays in place, including pushing on the vaccines, pushing out you know, the vaccine passports, making sure that everybody is checked before entering restaurants. Little things like that make a big difference. And of course, masks. The efficacy of masks at this point is not even in question. It not only protects the person who wears it, but it protects others as well. And its success is directly proportionate to the number of people who are using the correct type of mask. Now, whether it is the end of March, as the Ontario government stated last week, or maybe it's a few months later, June, depending on what the situation is in the numbers, will there be eventually a time when we will no longer require uh, face masks? Will we get there, do you think? I, I believe we will. I, you know, I think that eventually pandemics come to an end. They morph into endemics, and then they morph into diseases not unlike influenza. But what I'm really hoping will happen is a general acceptance of wearing masks will be Asia-fied, if you will. In other words, Canadians will start seeing the acceptance at all times of wearing a mask. So if Iris Gorfinkel gets a little sniffle, she's going to put on her mask. And that's the kind of change I'm hoping we're going to see in the long term. Okay, it was uh, canceled last year, of course, but Halloween is back on this year. Trick-or-treating will happen on Sunday. And Dr. Gorfinkel, there's several uh, surveys out uh, this week saying that uh, roughly half, half of people are a little concerned about uh, door-to-door trick-or-treating. What is your take on Halloween this year? Is it a safe activity overall? I would say yes. Have a good time, go out, but be smart about it. So why is it different now? Our numbers are really low. They're really good. Trick-or-treating, for the most part, is an outdoor activity. Do I support it for going door-to-door in, like in an apartment building? I would say no. Hold off on that. But if it's outdoors, absolutely. Wear your mask. And I'm not talking about the costumes mask. I'm talking about the normal mask that prevents COVID-19 from spreading. 
But, you know, handing out candy is a very low risk activity. You know, there are other things we can do, frequent hand washing, keeping at an arm's distance from one another. But who doesn't love Halloween? And for that matter, who doesn't love a good candy park? Okay, that's a, that's a segue. Yeah. I'm not going there. <laughs> All right. Uh, wear your mask. Uh, great advice. Uh, that is, of course, uh, both for those that are trick-or-treating and those handing out the candy. And would it also be a good idea, instead of opening and closing the door and being even partially inside that uh, if you are handing out candy this uh, Halloween to maybe do it on your front porch or on your driveway and just try to remain outdoors? Well, in fairness, kids are not vaccinated, right? So kids 12 and over for the most part are at this point, but younger kids are not. So what do you do if you're older, you're vulnerable? I would say, yes, you could leave it at the front door. You could leave your front door open a notch just to see who's coming because it's so much fun to do that. But you could put the candy like away from the door. And so that way you can have the, the pleasure of both. The candy bowl is like, you know, five, six feet away. You know, you've got that distance thing happening. And at the same time, you can still greet people from a distance and see them and have the pleasure of saying, what a costume that is. Pretty macabre. <laughs> All right, listen, I got about a minute, minute and a half here, but we're going to end on uh, messenger RNA vaccines. Of course, it saved millions of lives uh, right around the uh, world. But is COVID-19, when it comes to these uh, mRNA vaccines, is it just the beginning, do we think, Dr. Gorfinkel? This is so much fun. So a factoid to impress your friends. Pfizer was working on a flu mRNA vaccination long before it was working on a COVID-19 vaccine true. So what's amazing is that this has the potential to revolutionize how flu shots are given. So what's the vaccine efficacy of a flu shot in any given year between 40 and 60%? Now consider for a moment, here's a new technology right out of the gate. It was 95% effective. Imagine if we could have that kind of efficacy for influenza. Well, the beauty of these diseases is they each have their own unique key. So it's quite possible that with the right research, we could hit on something that's not just a little better, but that's way better in terms of fighting influenza and stopping what's truly a world scourge. That certainly is exciting, and it'll be very exciting to watch this research progress over time. Dr. Gorfinkel, appreciate your time as always. Thank you so much, and we will see you again next Wednesday. Many thanks, Jeff. All right, there's vaccine researcher and family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, with her weekly COVID update running down the COVID headlines of the week. We'll step aside, get a break here on Global News Radio. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.